Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Good morning, church. It's good to see you all. Right, let me just get myself organized as always. There we go. First of all, I have to thank Pastor Julian and Sharon for letting me on the platform because you never know what I might do if you know me well enough. Anything could happen, so I'm very honoured. And also, in this time where we're talking about Daniel, you've just seen the passion that Pastor Julian has about Daniel. To give somebody else a slot on Daniel, I feel very, very privileged. He's given me... Daniel and the lion's den. Now, before all of you go back, immediately I can see in your faces, you've gone back to your school, little little, um, Sunday school story, or some of you might have even gone into Veggie Tales, and you're humming a bit of a Larry the Cucumber, because I think those songs in Daniel were the best songs of all the Veggie Tales. But anyway, no, we're not going to do that. And today, I'm also not going to have any points, okay? Just chill. I hear you're clapping over there. (laughs) What we're going to do, what we're going to do, and I'm going to need your help with this, okay, what we're going to do is we're just going to go through the whole of chapter six, and I'm just going to pick out little nuggets that I feel the Holy Spirit has spoken to me who wants you to hear about it. But through it all, I want you to have three statements in your mind all the time. I want you to think, that Daniel had convictions. Okay, and where are your convictions? I want you to think that Daniel had consistency. And you're going to think, oh, am I a consistent person? And I'm going to help you along that journey because I've definitely been on that journey the last two weeks as I've been prepping this. And then Daniel had courage. So before I start, can I just pray? And will you pray with me as well? Father God, I thank you for your word and we come together and we're so excited for your word. I pray right now that the darkness will go as we sang in that song because the light of your word will come. Father God, I pray less of me and more of you and every word I speak, I pray is seasoned and is like an arrow. For those people who need to hear this word, Father God, I pray right now that you're opening their hearts. Holy Spirit, you're ministering to them already. But Father God, we pray for a good preach. We pray for a good word that he's going to build us up. He's going to take us out of here knowing how much we are loved by our God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So lots of Bible today, okay? So if you're old school, you can get your Bible out. If you're not old school, you can get your phone out. That means from now onwards, you're going to have to tell your friends no more WhatsApp, okay? No more looking on Amazon. You cannot buy that. You can buy it at 11 o'clock. I'll be, I'll be finished at 11. Buy everything you need at 11 o'clock. Or you can just follow up on here, but not WhatsApp and everything, because I know... I stand at the back sometimes and I see, I see your phones, I do. So just for this next 40 minutes, let's all just really concentrate on what God's got to say. So I want to put a little bit of context in, okay? So where are we in Daniel's life? So Daniel was an exile from Judah. And when I say that, I just start thinking about 
being an exile. Because we hear so much good things about Daniel, don't we, in the Bible? Oh, he was handsome, he was intelligent. Everything about Daniel is an A star plus. So it does make you think, doesn't it, what he would have been like if he had stayed in Judah. What do you think he'd been? He'd probably have had a really good job. He'd probably have married a beautiful woman and had amazing children and they would have all been well behaved can't you just imagine it well behaved he they also would have probably worked in the temple in the community he would have done all of that but it didn't happen he went to Babylon and I'm going there straight away so you haven't had time to get yourself comfy I'm going there we can all find ourselves in Babylon how many of us have thought Do you know, by this time, I thought I would have bought a house. By this time, I thought I would have been married. By this time, I thought I was going to start my own business. By this time, I thought I wouldn't be living in south-east London. I might be in Kensington. (laughs) Everything. And I'm laughing with you. But do you get my feeling that some of us are in Babylon now? Some of you sitting there are in Babylon And it's very hard when you're in Babylon, when you're thinking, this should have happened. This is how my life should have been. But it's not. I'm an exile. How do we respond in those circumstances? We see how Daniel responded. He responded just amazingly with that conviction, that consistency and that courage. But do we do that? Because I know sometimes I can be a petulant child. Well, I really wanted that to happen and it didn't. And I know if you're really truthful that a lot of you have felt that. You might not be as petulant as that little example. But there are times when you go, what's going on? I thought I would be further ahead. I thought I'd live somewhere else. I thought I'd have more money in my bank account. This is not what I thought was going to happen. But we check in on Daniel and we see how Daniel was. Conviction, consistency and courage. And it's when these things happen and we find ourselves in exile, we have to make sure how good our integrity is. It's easy to toss our character aside, easy to take matters into our our own hands and sometimes respond in a very unchrist-like manner. Or should we just remain faithful and have protection and know we have the protection of God? Because can I tell you, and I know Pastor Julian's going, we're exiles We are exiles. This is not our home. We are exiles. Heaven is our home. So we sometimes can feel like we are in Babylon because we're exiles. But one day, we're going home. We're going home. That's why sometimes when we see something or we read the newspaper, our spirits grieve. That's sometimes when we just want to cry over things because this is not our home. We're in exile. So that's part of where we are in Daniel's life. So Daniel has chosen to stay faithful. He's on the third king, okay? Just so you know the line. So last week you did Nebuchadnezzar, but actually 
while on the passage I'm going to speak on, we've also had Belshazzar, and now we're on King Darius. And there's something that you might surprise you, because if you've seen any paintings, or you remember Larry the Cucumber with his very squeaky, not very mature voice, Daniel is now 80. He's now 80 years old. He's not that young lad anymore. He's 80 years old. So he has had a long time in exile. So, and with that, can I just say, as you read this story, if there is anybody here who feels like, do you know, I think I missed it. I'm, I, I've missed it because of my age. I've missed it because I didn't do this or that. Daniel, at 80, is still being used by God. Can I just slip that one in for anybody here who's feeling a bit... Did I miss it? You didn't miss it, because God will use you whatever age you are. Whatever you feel that you've missed, God will use you. So let's go to Daniel 6, 1 to 5, and it should be coming up very shortly, but I'll start reading. Darius, this is the king, reorganized his kingdom. He appointed 120 governors to administer all parts of his realm. Over them were three vice regents, and one of them was Daniel. The governors reported to the vice regents, who made sure that everything was in order for the king. But Daniel, but Daniel, brimming with spirit and intelligence, so completely outclassed the other vice regents and governors that the king decided to put him in charge of the whole kingdom. The vice regents and the governors got together to find some old scandal. Can't you just hear it? Well, what can we, what can we find nowadays? But let, let, let's go back in his WhatsApp. Let's go back on, his, on, on some of those, his Twitter feeds. Let's find something. We're going to find a skeleton. We're going to take him down. He was, he was totally exemplary and trustworthy. They could find no evidence of negligence or misconduct. So they finally gave up and said, we're never going to find anything about this, Daniel, unless we cook up something religious. I have to say, there's something that makes me think, oh, but there's something also makes me think, you know, when the devil's looking for something, is he going to look for something religious in my life because I'm so exemplary, because I pray so much, because I love God so much, or is he going to find something else? He couldn't find anything, so they have to go for the religion. You just see the jealousy. And one of the things we need to know, that when we stand up for Jesus, these things are going to come out. You will get the jealousy when you get the new promotion, or when you're, you know... You see all those lovely cards on that wall, some of those things? I want a new house, you know, I want a new business, I want a certain percentage in my pay increase, all those things. And your friends get to hear it, or the people in your workplace, jealousy comes about. Hmm. Hmm. That's what happens. And King Darius is hoodwinked. And we'll see how he's hoodwinked in a minute. So the jealous leaders knew how to trap Daniel. It's through his prayer life. Same with the devil. Doesn't he know? He knows how to trap us. Don't ever be surprised when an attack comes because you will see it and you'll think, of course, of course, he knows. He knows that ouch thing. 
I always know when I'm just about to do Keys to Freedom, things just come out of everywhere. And they're always my ouch moments because the devil knows, because he's a roaring lion. He wants to devour us. But you know, we, he can't devour us because we have the victory. But he's still roaring, people. He is still roaring. So living for Jesus, accusations will come. So let's go back to a bit more Bible. So the administrators and the high officers went to the king and said, oh, I could just have to do this in a slimy voice, okay? Long live King Darius. We are all in agreement. We administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and the governors that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days... Any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed. An official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. And then there's this very small sentence. So King Darius signed the law. I do think he does get his comeuppance, and we'll come to that, but you just think. There it is. It's signed. The law is done. And I just want to play a little game with you now, because I think, so what would, you, what would Daniel do? He now can't pray. He can only pray to King Darius. He can't pray to God anymore. It's a law. He's going to be thrown into the lion's den. Now, let's talk about this lion's den, okay? So you've got fluffy lions in your head. No, let's reorganize that. We're talking hungry lions. We're talking lions with big teeth and claws. And we're talking that this is a form of execution, Okay? It's a form of execution. If you go into the lion's den, you're going to die. Okay? So it is execution. So what would Daniel do? So I don't know about you, um, and I'm not recommending this game, underline, (laughs) but in my... A long time ago, when I was in my 20s, there was this game called Scruples. Uh, It was a really popular board game from the 1980s that asked players questions regarding everyday ethical and moral dilemmas. So, I've got three examples for you. No hands up. No nudging your husband or wife, okay? Keep poker face. That's all you need to do. So, your boss gives you expensive front row tickets to a hit play you forget to mark the date on your calendar and miss the performance. The next day, your boss says, how was the play? Do you admit you missed it or not? Now, some of you will go, I've got such a great relationship with my boss. (coughs) That's ridiculous. Pastor Sally, I'd obviously tell him. "Uh, Some of you have got your appraisal next week. (laughs) Some of you are wanting that promotion. Some of you, this is the first time the boss has actually done something nice. He's a very generous boss, and this is it. You've got the ticket. You've got the golden ticket, and you forgot it. What do you do? So, here's another one. You buy a cocktail dress, or maybe a very smart suit, for a very special occasion. You wear it once and realise, actually, I'm never going to use this again. 
do you return the dresses unworn or ask for a refund? Oh, I know, I know, I know, because I know some of you. I know, that was mean, wasn't it? Yeah. Shall I move on? I'll move on to the third one. This actually is eeky as well. Right, a troublesome employee applies for a position in another department. You're so relieved. <laughs> You're like, yes, she's going to move on. But she is really, oh, she or he, is really troublesome. When asked, do you give a glowing reference so the transfer goes through? She's gone, she's gone, she's gone, she's gone. Or not? Oh, it's so easy, isn't it, to say, oh, I have such great convictions. I really do. And my consistency of the way I think is so good. But you get questions like that. That's the real world. That's the real world. Where is uh, your integrity? So we're all confronted with situations and difficult decisions which test our integrity. But unlike the board game, the choices we make in reality have consequences which affect our daily lives, our character, our careers, our self-image and our relationship with God. We are tested on a daily basis with situations much like the game, much like Daniel. So, do you lie about being able to meet a delivery deadline in order to win a business contract? Do you steer a customer to purchase a product that is not best fit for their needs, but will achieve a quota or receive a larger commission? Do you scroll through your social media or make personal calls through work time in order to stay connected? It's okay, isn't it? Because everyone does it. It's okay. No, it's not okay. Because we have convictions and we have consistency. And in them, we have to have courage to say no. I remember very much when I'd just become a Christian, I got embroiled, and I won't go into the whole story, but I hope I can get the awkwardness of it all into my new job in front of um, uh, all the employees because they had started something up about gambling. And I had just mentioned that I wasn't going to be part of it. I didn't think it was right. So my manager said, oh, well, if you don't think it's right and you don't want to do it, you stand up in front of people and you tell them why. I would just like to tell you, I was 19. I was very shy. I actually worked in the hospitality trade. So I was in front of 10 six-foot knife-bearing chefs. <laughs> okay? Yeah. That was a really part of growing up. And growing up in my conviction, consistency, and courage, and I needed real courage, as it all is, they, I think it was God, because they went, yeah, I don't think we want to do it either. I was like, I didn't sleep last night. And they just went, no. But I didn't trust God that much, did I, really? Because I knew, should have known that God was coming in. I was only six months as a Christian. But that's what happens. That's what you're all facing, that conviction that you need to do. So... Let's go back to Daniel. Daniel has purposed in his heart not to defile himself in exile. So he prays. 
So let's go back. Daniel 6, verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he's always done, giving thanks to his God. Daniel learned. He learned. How did Daniel feel at that moment when he learned? I'm sure I would have been like, ah, what was King Darius thinking? I meant to be his high chief advisor. He should have come to me. I just stopped him signing that. And then it would have dawned on him. Oh, what am I going to do? But with his conviction, his consistency and his courage, he continues his regular prayer time. I want to ask you, and I've had lots of time to think about this, what would you do? I have to be honest, I'm going to pray. I'm not going to stop, nobody's going to stop me praying, I know. But would I have prayed with the windows open? Would you? Would you have prayed upstairs or would you go into the basement? Would you have prayed at the usual time? Three times a day you prayed. Say it was... 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and 6 o'clock. Would you just change the times? I just <coughs> think it's better to change the times now. Daniel did none of that. He kept the same because of his conviction, his consistency, and his courage. So here's the slimy people again. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days, a person who prays to you... Oh, praise to anyone, sorry, who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. Yes, the king replied, that decision stands. It's an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. They must have loved that bit. Then they told the king, uh, that man, Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of his predicament. I think that probably is Darius's punishment. And you will hear as you go on, and I know we all know this story, that he didn't sleep all that night. But he's troubled. His friend is going to be killed. That's it. Let's get it right. We can read this. We know the end of the story. So it's very easy to skip, skip, skip. But how did he feel? His friend is going to die. He made a very, very stupid law. He has been hoodwinked by these jealous leaders. And I want you to remember, and I've already said it, the lion's den is a form of execution. It's like Esther, when the gallows, in Esther, when the gallows are brought up to, to um, hang Haman. That is the same. It's like the, crucif- the crucifix, uh, when Jesus is going to be crucified. That was made too. These are elements that will cause death. That's how serious it is. Reading about it, because I thought, oh, I'll find something about these caves or what is. It wasn't a cave. Babylon is flat. And so scholars believe that what they did, they had purpose-built something, that they put the lions in. So it was a purpose-built execution. But Daniel makes it clear. 
It's God's way. So Darius is upset, troubled, and thinking of ways to save Daniel. And I'm sure he's walking about, what can I do? What can I do to save this man? What can I do? What can I do? How can I rescue him? What could I think? Or could I do this? No, I can't do that. And he's probably talking to all the legal advisors. Is there any loophole? Tell me there's a loophole. I do not want Daniel to die. I do not want this man to die. But sometimes we look at man. But what we see, there's a rescue plan. And it's coming from God. And we're coming into this rescue plan because God is our rescuer. We call him our saviour, but he's our rescuer. And he's coming now to rescue Daniel. And you can see it all the way through Daniel, that God had a plan to rescue him. So let's read Daniel 6, 16. So at last, the king gives orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. A stone was bought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of his nobles, so that no one could rescue Daniel. No man could rescue Daniel. Okay, sometimes no man can rescue us. And maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, I want to be rescued. No man can rescue you sometimes. You need to look to God for the rescue plan. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. So Daniel went to the den. The stone is rolled to close. Darius has an awful, awful night, worried, concerned. (laughs) But you hear that actually Daniel slept well, because his God was rescuing him. So I want to ask you a question now. So we've got to the lion's den. Has anyone here been trapped in a lion's den? (laughs) And I'm talking about a real lion's den before you say it. Just a real lion's den. London Zoo, whoops, fall in, having quick chat to the lions and everything. And I thought of some other people that I thought, yeah, I could imagine them just accidentally walking in to the lion's den at, oh, I was just finding where the loo was. Oh, I'm in the lion's den. But to be honest, nobody really is going to be in a lion's den, are they? We don't have them. We only have lions in zoos. We're not going to be in a lion's den. But metaphorically, that might be a different story. What I'm really probably asking you, have you ever been in a situation where you felt trapped? Have you ever felt there's been no options, no way out? Maybe you've been betrayed by people you trusted. Maybe you've been trapped with emotions. Maybe that is it, you're trapped. I just can't get out of this emotion. I can't get out of not being angry. I can't get out of being anxious or fearful about things. I just feel I'm trapped. Maybe there's been some really sad situations in your life and you feel trapped by grief and grief 
has trapped you. Maybe you've been trapped by financial burdens. I can't do anything. I can't do it. Every month I've got no money. So I can't do this. I am trapped. It's just one horrible long cycle. I am trapped. I can't get out. There is no answer. Maybe you've been trapped by what others have said over you. Those words. Words are so poignant. Those words that people have spoken to you. And maybe you're like, I can't get out of this. I can't get out of this because I remember somebody said, I'm not very good at this, so I can't do it. And maybe somebody said, oh, you know, I, I don't have that talent. I don't have that gifting. They've spoken really unkind words over you. And you're trapped within those words. And you can't get out. And then, of course, there's always that horrible situation that something's being done to you and you're trapped in that situation. Maybe some abuse, maybe violence has been done to you. Something that has made you feel trapped that you can't leave. I cannot leave this situation. I cannot get out of this situation. I've got some good news for you. Today, yes, today and every day, God is going to rescue you. God wants to rescue. There is a rescue plan. There's a rescue plan through the whole of the Bible. But today is a special day because God knows there are people here that need to be rescued. You need to come out of the cave. This is your day to walk out that cave because actually the stone has rolled away. You have complete access out but you've stayed in the cave. So we see this rescue plan. I'm going to ask very quickly for the band, but so I'll just read one of these Bible verses. If they could just come up very quickly now. And we're going to read this next, next verse because we're going to get to the end of this story. I want to leave you. You know, like when you put a bookmark, I want you to put a bookmark and keep thinking about the caves. But we're going to get to the end of this story. At daybreak, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. As he approached the den, he called out anxiously, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve so loyally, has he saved you from the lions? And this voice comes out, O king, live forever, said Daniel. My God sent his angel who closed the mouths of the lions so that they would not hurt me. I have been found innocent before God and also before you, O king. I have done nothing to harm you. So there we see the rescue plan. There we see Daniel rescued from the lion's den. But we see it because God shut the mouths of the lions. And I want to ask you a question. What mouths need to be shut in your life? What, no what noise is going on in your head, in your brain, in your spirit that needs to be shut down? Remember, these lions are a picture of the devil. The devil is roaring about people. Do not feel it's a little innocent lion. Some of you, 
Some of you are sitting in your cave with a lion on your lap because it's a beautiful little kitty and it's so soft and cuddly and I can't do without it. But he does tell me some really horrible things about myself. But, you know, it doesn't matter because it's sweet and I can't leave it so I can't come out of the cave because, yes, I know you're saying I'm not pretty. Oh, and I know you're saying that I don't speak correctly and I know you're saying I'm uneducated, but I've, I've got this little kitty on my lap. Yeah, it has got big teeth and it is roaring. Sometimes we don't see the devil for what he is. Wake up, people. There is a lion roaring. And God is here to shut the mouth of the lions this morning. Charles Spurgeon says, it was a good thing that a lion didn't eat Daniel. They wouldn't have enjoyed him. He was 50% grit and 50% backbone. I'm looking around you and I know a lot of you. And I say, you're 50% grit and you're 50% backbone. You're a tough lot. And I know that God has got plans for you, like he had plans for Daniel. And he wants you out of that cave. He wants you to shut the mouths of those lions and he wants you to walk in the freedom that God has given you through Jesus' sacrifice. So we've got to get to the end of the story, haven't we? Put a bookmark there. So then King Darius sent this message to the people of every race and every nation and language through the world. Peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. He rescues and he saves people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. And Darius makes a new decree that points everyone to God. When we do the three things that Daniel did, when we have convictions, when we have courage, and when we have a consistency in our lives, we are turning people to our Saviour, to our Rescuer. And I want to say to you, what will be the consequences of your convictions? What will be the consequences of your consistency? What will be the consequences of your courage? I've asked the band to sing this song. And I'm going to do a little bit of ministry time. They're going to sing over you. We can't get people down the front anymore. But they're going to sing over you. You're going to be ministered. And you're gonna, they're going to be singing, I speak Jesus. And they're going to speak Jesus over you. Because see, when you speak Jesus, Jesus is power. Jesus is healing. Jesus is life. Jesus breaks every stronghold, every lion's mouth. So right now, I'm going to ask some people to do some brave things. There are some of you here who need to get out of the cave, okay? You've been there too long. It's open, but you need to get out. You need to say, yes, this is it. I need to get out. I'm not being trapped anymore. If you feel trapped, this is your moment to get out of that cave. You can walk free. You don't have to be trapped. 
You don't have to be trapped by what people have done to you. You don't have to be trapped by your circumstances, your education. You don't have to be trapped by your age. You don't have to be trapped by the things that you have, haven't done and should have done. You don't have to be trapped at all. The, go- the door is open. So I'm going to ask you to do something. Well, I'm going to count to three and I'm going to ask you to stand up. And in that standing up, you are actually walking out. You're not standing out, you're walking out into freedom. So I'm going to say now, one, two, three. lot of people but it looks to me like everyone's standing but I'm doing it anyway the second lot of people are those who you have to shut the mouths and you're gonna shut the mouths and I want you to turn to the person on your left on your right and you're gonna do it with all that grit and all that backbone and you're gonna go I'm shutting the mouth and do it to the right person to the right you're shutting the you just to lift your hands as a band is going to play. But right now, I'm going to thank God for His Word. I'm going to thank God for that Word that is light and that goes into the areas of darkness. I'm going to thank you, for God, for every person who is standing, who is walking out of that cave, who is walking into a new depth of freedom. I'm going to thank you for every single person who is going to say, shut the mouth of the lions to those words that go on in their head. The words are going to come to nothing. I thank you for that realisation of who the lions are. He's the devil roaring, waiting to kill, steal and destroy. But our God comes as a rescuer. Our God comes to rescue. So I thank you that in Jesus' Name. Church, lift your hands now and receive.
I just have to ask before we close that one question. I love the book of Daniel and when I've been reading it, I can see the foreshadow of Jesus. And I'm sure many of you have seen it already. The, the jealous leaders, weren't the leaders jealous about Jesus? You see King Darius, wasn't he like Pontius Pilate when he sort of like, I don't want to crucify this man. He's done nothing wrong. He's an innocent. So is Daniel. And you just see that rescue plan. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I was, had younger children, I wanted to tell my kids, the good's coming. The good's coming. There's good coming. The good's coming. Look on the television. Have you seen this? For Christmas, the good's coming. Look, have you seen that? That looks really good. You've got it in your stocking. My husband used to say to me, Sally, calm it down, calm it down. But I was so excited. I wanted to know, the good's coming, the good's coming, the good's coming. And that's our Father God, that through that Old Testament, you see the foreshadow of Jesus. The rescue is coming. The rescue is coming. The rescue is coming. But today, we can praise God because the rescuer has come. here and I know it's going to be hard you're going to have to wave your hands because we're all standing but I'm going to ask that question does anybody want to know Jesus does anybody want to know this amazing Jesus that we spoke about he has rescued us all through his this history you see that the point of Jesus coming and not only does he rescue us he gives us he gives us his promises he gives us love like oh you've never been loved before He gives you that perfect peace when peace seems like peace will never happen in this situation. He gives you grace in those situations when sometimes you just want to do something very unchristian-like, okay? But God's grace comes upon you. That grace to do whatever you need to do. So I want to ask this morning, is there somebody here who'd like to be rescued? All you need to do is put your hands up to say yes to Jesus. Very simple. Now, there's going to be some people standing on the platform. They're looking for hands. Obviously, it's quite dark. Could I ask you, wave? We don't want to miss anybody. So I'm going to ask you just to wave your hands. So I'm going to count to three. If you want to know this Jesus as Lord and Saviour of your life, I just want you now just to put your hands in the air. Just wave your hand. That's all you need to do very quickly. Somebody's going to spot you and you will have made the best decision you ever could. I don't know what my life would be like without Jesus. And don't believe me, my life has been sometimes a Babylon. Sometimes I've needed to be rescued. Sometimes I've been in those caves. Sometimes I've had the mouths of lions shouting at me. But you know what? He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He's always there. He's always rescued me. And I cannot go without saying one more time, if there's someone here who wants to know Jesus, just put your hands up, just wave your hands and somebody's going to come see you. They're going to pray with you. We've got a gift for you as well because we recognise as this church, you have just made the most important decision of your life. So church, I'm going to ask you, they'll be, it'll be on the screen in a minute. We're going to say a salvation prayer all together. Whether we've said it a million times, whether we only said it two months ago, or maybe we were too scared to put our hands up, but we're going to tell the person next door to us, but we're going to all say it together. 
If I could have the prayer up, please, that'd be really helpful. Thank you, media team. So we're going to pray and we're going to believe. Let's go. We're going to say it all together. Ready? Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me and you showed this by sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I give my life to you and turn away from my own life. I receive you as my Lord, Saviour and friend. Amen. Amen. Let's praise our rescuer. Let's praise.